Welcome to episode 144 of the Muck Podcast, a member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Listen in as we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary. Well. Well. We are dragging ass this Ooh. morning. I was just thinking, I was I was trying to put makeup on my face. My hair is fucked. Uh, <laughs> uh, is that... All those beautiful people we met last night at that awards event where uh, we won our award are now going to listen to this episode first, probably, when it comes out. And I'm like, we better pull it together. We got it. We got it. That was the best promotion for this podcast we've ever had. Oh, my Don't God. Don't you think? It, it was, the whole event was just so lovely, so well put together. Oh, my gosh. And I still don't feel worthy in the company of the women. Mm. That we won. I think know? we are, though. I mean, come I on. Just and, you know, for Ruthless Brower to even, I don't know, the things that, the the award that we won from Ruthless Broward was I Said What I Said, Ooh. which I remember being on the Ruthless Broward board, and we went, like, three years ago when we created these awards, and that yeah. was created for Cindy Polo. Oh, yeah. And I remember being in the room when it was created for her. Like, she was this dynamic house state rep, um, she's still so she incredible. For, yeah, she's incredible. She served for two years, but she was just instrumental on a lot of bills, uh, slowing down or pulling, getting people on board for them. And she didn't really have a great uh, presence there because she took the seat from the Speaker of the House, like best his best friend. She beat him in, in the election. She flipped a seat, which was unheard of in this Hialeah area in Miami. So, um yeah, she didn't serve, she served for the two years, yeah. but they were powerful two years. And yes. so the fact that we got an award that was originally created for Cindy Polo, that, that fucking blows me away, oh, you know? I love but it. But man, it was such a great event. I'm so happy that we went yeah, to it. Me it was too. just so great. Oh. And leading into it, the day that after, yesterday afternoon, Linda Thompson Gonzalez, who oh. is running against uh, my, my enemy, Chip Lamarca. <laughs> Got the Sun Sentinel endorsement, which is our paper here. And right. But that article. It, the article is the endorsement's fucking insane. I've never seen a person yeah. dragged in an article. And I felt seen. Like, I, I felt for the first time, like, we all shit. Like, we yeah. all say shit, LaMarca. That's what yeah, we call yeah, them, yeah. right? <laughs> but it seemed like no, nobody else around us that were left-leaning, whether they're a very prominent elected Democrats or the newspaper, Right. Which I don't know if they're left-leaning, but you know what I mean. We're no, no, in Broward. No, no. But uh, that they actually didn't get it. Like, they didn't understand the Chiplamarca bullshit. Like, they were eating the fucking, drinking the Kool-Aid of right. Chiplamarca. And uh, yeah, not I've anymore. I've never seen a negative, I've, I don't think I've ever read a negative article. No, nothing. About him. I mean, they point out things or they ask him right, questions but as this the lone was very, Republican. This was very different. Oh my God. This well, was very there's different. There's a couple different things that worked in her favor. First of all, she if you go you can go to YouTube go to YouTube and watch the video of the two of them doing their Zoom interview with the with the paper. She was incredible. She was pre- well, well yes. prepared. She, oh, she's Linda, got a good Linda, and her team. Yeah, her team oh. did a fucking great job. And she 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 has a lot of information. So she loves she you ask her a question, she's gonna tell you, give you a five, ten minute answer. She was precise. Like she pulled it together yes. in this interview in such a great way. And um and he fumbled. He he was taking backs. He was backstepping on things he's voted for. He was backstepping on things that he stood next to DeSantis at that press conference. Yep. He was backstepping on almost everything. And then he kept saying, I booked the party. I booked my party on this. I booked no, my party you on don't. that. And, Give and me they, a break. Not only was Linda pushing back, but the fucking editors of the paper were like, um, no. The reporters were like, No, you don't. You don't do that. Wow. It was incredible. And it's like this perfect storm of uh, Rosemary O'Hara, I believe her name was. She was the she was on the editorial board right. for this opinion thing for for the endorsements for years. And if you watch the endorsement video with him and Linda 2 years ago, Rosemary, I, I know she's a very nice woman. I yes. know we have friends that are friends with her like um uh Brittany Wallman, you know, all of our reporters at Sun yes. Sentinel. Um but she was very friendly with Chip. Like very friendly. And Chip has never not soft gotten an gloves, endorsement. Soft gloves. Yeah, and he's never not gotten endorsement from the Sun Sentinel. And I think it's because of Ooh, that friendship. You know he's upset. Oh my god! I can't. You all know yesterday he's I was upset. laughing and I was so excited, <laughs> telling, tweeting it and fucking uh, putting it everywhere. And all I could think was, um, 
this is Friday and he's going to be crying himself to sleep every, all weekend. Oh. I was like, bye, bye. Oh my God. They fucking, so I think it was Rosemary being gone. And then also like, they're not handling these reporters with kid gloves anymore. Like you're saying, yeah. he had, this was one of the worst, most vicious sessions ever in Tallahassee. And he voted alongside all of it. And that's what they put in that paper. Right. They put every single vote. And then he wants to pretend. Yeah. He wants to pretend this week that he cares about women with a donation yep. to a rape crisis center when he votes against women's rights. It's. Can you believe that? The irony. Can you believe the irony? It? Like, the, I don't even know if he can see. No. Like, and. Like, does he really think he's helping women? Right. It's so. Like, giving them. Here's a 2000 I don't know how much check it is. Like, here's a, here's yeah. a $2,000 check for your rape crisis center that I a have PS, with my power given you more people that you're going to have to take yeah. care of. Because I don't vote to protect women and girls. And the venue is fucking hilarious to me. It's at the Broward County Commission yeah. where Chip used to walk around with his little midget hands. <laughs> and so his buddies are all still there. His good friend Michael Udine is the fucking mayor of Broward County right now. Because that like rotates or some shit. I don't fucking know. Yeah. So they're allowing him this venue. Shame on all of you. Right. Shame on you. You don't see how fucked up that is. Because that's got to get put on an agenda and they yep. have to approve the agenda. Am I yeah. right? On yes. That? Yes. Um, or can anybody request to have to, I don't know, you know, the ins and outs of, of the Broward level commission, but. It's bullshit. This is bullshit. But, and, 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 and I can't wait because I'm going to tweet all over that motherfucker And it's too. very clear because you can go make a donation to the rape crisis center, but it doesn't need to be on public display. Right. So it's very clear that he's trying to put a message out yeah. that I'm here for women yeah. when he's really not. When he's in Broward, he yeah. seems to be. He even yeah. says in that endorsement it's so, video. It's so funny. Yeah. And, and it's so transparent. Yes. We see through it. And But women aren't stupid. Right. But also your voting record is public. Yeah. We know how to read. But then you could be like, well, I donated money to blah, 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 blah. Like, what you do please. in Tallahassee is the power, the... the that's the, where the real power... Yeah. yeah, that's where the, the limited real power amount, is. You, have, you don't really have a lot of power because you don't, you know, you're not... And no one cares about you because you're a Republican. You're Republican in a blue county, so you have zero power in Tallahassee. <laughs> I get it. But you're still voting along party lines because you have no convictions. You have no courage at all. And that impacts us... As a state. Yeah. Every single woman in every single corner of the state, you've impacted with these dangerous fucking votes. And the Sun Sentinel, let it be known. Uh, let it be known. It was just... It's time for him to get the fuck out. Uh, We're done with you now. Can you imagine election I, I night? Can you imagine election night? If, I'm, I'm I can't right wait now, for election I, I, night. I was saying last night, if Linda fucking wins, I... I, I, well, I know what I said I do. I said, I'm going to find Chip Marcus' address and go outside and go caroling outside <laughs> his house and go, na, 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 hey, 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 goodbye. I'm going to fucking do. Get the fuck out. Good and you know what? Bye. Listen, there's no reason to be kind. You know, if this was somebody who was like, oh, he's a good opponent, you know, he's doing no. his best. No, no. He is dangerous and, and he tries smug. to act like he's not yeah he's arrogant he tries to act like he's not yeah and 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 you are insulting us by coming to this courthouse the, uh, the commission and yeah. giving this check it's an insult I but can't. you think people are too dumb to fucking see it fuck you yeah. oh and one last thing a part of that video he said well i support the lgbtq oh. community in broward and i was like oh only in broward you know? county do only you in broward and maybe when he's here he'll walk in pride i don't yeah. have to let him do that anymore but not in Tallahassee, you don't. But remember the the whole like little little vote scam that he tried to pull mm -hmm. with don't the say abortion. Gay. Yeah, well, that's what he says in this interview, yeah. which was very interesting. He's like, I voted against. I think it was HB five. I think it was yeah. the don't say gay bill. I voted against on the floor, and Linda goes, um, and she interrupted him. Oh, and she goes, but you voted for it in the committee. Yeah. When you could have said no in the committee, but you gave it the push to put it on the floor. Yep. And you when knew then, it was going to pass. When, yeah. You so knew then, it was going to pass and your vote didn't matter. That's right. So then you could vote against the whole bill. Yeah. With and do a little show. And do your show. And he and then when she said that, he goes, oh, are we allowed to interrupt people talking? And I was like, oh. Because uh, <laughs> you have nothing else yeah. to say? You fucking motherfucker. Ooh, so many. Just, that just gave me a jolt. Honey. That gave yeah, me a jolt. This whole thing gave me a jolt. Ugh. Now I have hope. You gave <gasps> me. Sun, thank you, Sunset. It gave me a glimmer of hope. And I want that Steve Bosquet or whatever his name is. I want him on the podcast. I, Hi, fucking, love that guy. I fucking love this guy. We asked him last year um, yeah, in person. Yeah. At the abortion rally. Oh, yeah. No, no. He was. 
know. gave us his card. I don't know what I did with it. Okay, but well, we, oh, that's right. We got I would it. love to know we're his, doing this, this again. Process, we'll do, we're going to reach out. All right. Well, we got to get started because you've got things to do. I got things to I've do. I've got to go back to sleep because, oh, mother, I'm going to take a nap. Today's a, such a busy day. We went to karaoke after this uh, this this thing, and I. It was so much fun. Bettina. Oh. I wanted all my songs I wanted to sing for Tina. And so my first choice was Mr. Jones counting crows, <gasps> Mr. Jones. Which I did. I so, and so I messed I'm up. I'm like, I'm going to do this for Tina. We walk up together. She puts her song in first. I say to the guy who, by the way, knows us now. He already had my name in. And he goes, I go, and he, I see him typing Mr. Jones. I go, what's this? And he goes, that's what Tina just put in. I go, what? <laughs> like our brains are way in sync. So then she, I did, um, I did Puddle of Mud. She hates oh. me. That, that was, was a good so one. So good. And then um, I did. Oh, then you picked two songs for me to and be they were, very sexual. On they the floor. were so good. And um, <laughs> I touched myself yes. by the vinyls. And then um, Nine Inch Nails, Closer to God. Was it just Closer? Closer. Yeah. And uh, uh, we had so, so many different people there. And Claire, our friend Claire was yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And Claire, uh, I, I believe she said this, but I... I Correct me if I'm wrong, Claire, if you're listening or get back to us. But uh, I think she might have said that you were like the mayor of Manor Lane <laughs> <laughs> with your was, amazing karaoke I, presence. Yeah. <laughs> I was quite, uh, I was all over the place. You are show, I was talking you are to everybody. A show stopper. Thank you. Well, listen. It's so fun. And it just was such a fun night. Oh, well, it's your birthday, bitch. We got to do it. Tina's like, I'm just going to put a song in for you. I'm like, okay, let's, <laughs> let's do it. Oh, my God. All right. Are we, oh, please, are we let's go. Okay. Yes, let's go. Today, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you the story of former U.S. Congressman Daniel Sickles. Okay. This is old-timey. We haven't Ooh, done an old-timey. Sickles does sound like an old-timey name. Yeah, in a, in a while. So uh, Daniel Sickles was known for his intellect and friendship with James Buchanan and made a name for himself in politics. But... It's his wife's infidelity Ooh. that leads to a crime of passion Ooh. and a newfound defense plea. Ooh. This was such a fun story. And I kept going back to our notes. Like, have we covered this? Have oh, we covered I was this? all have over those notes. This? With my story, I was all over these no the notes this week. So I like that yeah. it's the wife fucking. Yes, yes. Let's get it. Yes. Let's hire right. you dudes running around. Let's go. So our story. Oh, no. Dudes are running around. Oh, my God. Damn it. She's running around. Everyone's running around. All right. So our story takes place primarily in Washington, D.C., way back in 1859. And according to the Unresolved site, Sickles was born in 1819 in New York, and he was born to a pretty well-to-do family. His dad dealt in real estate, and he was a lawyer. And from all accounts I've read, Sickles was incredibly bright, mm. and he decides to pursue a career in law as well, and then politics. And he didn't do it right away, though. Um, he first, he was a printer, you know, like a printer, a printing press, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then he went to NYU and he dropped out. And I feel like back in the 1800s and uh, late 1800s, a lot of people who didn't go to law school do that apprenticeship type right. of thing. I think you can still do it today, but most people just, you know, go to law school. Right. But he does this. Um, that's how he got his law degree was through an apprenticeship under Benjamin Butler and that um, kind of is what gets him involved in politics. And from there, he ends up opening his own law practice later on. But Benjamin Butler was um, a lawyer who represented presidents. Oh, wow. He represented um, Andrew Jackson and Martin Van Buren. Dang. So this is what kind of gave Sickles exposure to that world and that kind of, you know, and when he practiced law, like he was practicing law in D.C. And so mm. he's in that like D.C. world. And so... Um, he ends up running for a seat in, for the U.S. House in uh, 1846. Wow. When he was 27. God. And wins it. And then a wow. few years later, he gets hit by that lightning bolt. Oh, hi. The lightning bolt of love. Uh, uh. With a young girl named Teresa, whose parents were Italian. Ooh, so you know she was like this. Yes. And she, it's from what I read. Now, um, it's so hard when I look back on pictures, because I'm like, oh, she was the beauty. I can't. I know. I can't. This, it's, I, it's hard to, yes. to see. But then I found this one other picture, but it was so small. And it so I didn't use it for our Insta. Um, but it's um, on like find a grave or something. So it's in that picture. I'm like, oh, she does look pretty. But, but the painting the, that someone did of yeah. her. 
I think the idea of side profile, was, yeah. like, I think the idea of like what was beautiful then is a lot different than what our our eyes see as beauty now. Yes, because you know? the, because so uh, one of the men involved is supposed to be like hot. Yeah, and I looked at his picture and I'm like, really? Like he was the you know the only one it's ever on this podcast the only one i've ever done where it's like these 1800s was that president's daughter who would bust in the room and she yes. was wild and she was known for like being this party girl like the it girl or whatever yeah that's the only picture i ever saw where i was like okay sh- i can see this yeah well i don't know but you'll see the the photos on okay. our insta but so her name is Teresa, and um she and sickles mary she was 17 oh god other accounts say she was 15 Ugh. he was 33 Oh, oh no. And her parents actually were not thrilled about this marriage, did not want them to be married, but they got married anyway, and they had a daughter, Laura. So I read another article from Emerging Civil War that notes that she may have been pregnant, and that's why they got married. Oh, boy. But, you know, and at the time, like, that is, you know, would have been the thing to do, right? right? And so in the meantime, he starts working for James Buchanan, and this is like... um, and he becomes the secretary of legation. So he's, again, like very involved in D.C. politics through his law uh, work. And they become friends. And so even though he's this rep out of New York, he moves to D.C. permanently. But he would go back to New York to do like New York work. But, okay. you know, um, yeah. their house is in D.C. And we've seen this before in other stories where... Um, there's that DC high society life mm-hmm. and the parties and the dinners and all of that. And they end up sort of being like the society couple. Like they have wow. a lot of parties at their home wow. and it's a blend of this sort of old, rich, new, rich kind of DC folks. And people like would go to their parties. Oh, it sounds so fun. It does. Yeah. I wish I was like that kind of couple. Oh my God. Yeah. But you know, as they say, all good things must come to an end. And <laughs> this ended pretty badly. So let's get into the major incident. Okay. So, you know, love makes the world go round. <laughs> but it also causes emotions to run rampant, right? Oh, God. And uh, now sweet Teresa, uh, she found herself attracted to one Barton Key. What in the fuck are these Key. names? Now, the last name should be yes. familiar. He is the son of Francis Scott wow. Key, who wrote the this, Star-Spangled yes. Banner. Yes. And he was also involved in D.C. politics because he served as U.S. attorney. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So, and like, so from what I read, he was like a bit of this roué. He was a playboy. Roué? I've never heard that word before. Oh, yeah. It's like a, it's like a, a, a nice little, I guess, French way of yeah. saying like he got around. Okay. And he, um was this playboy he was a widower and so mm. i like i think these women were like he's good looking he's a widower yeah you don't he's the some... son of yeah. francis scott key which like back then like celebrity status right and so Dang. everyone's like oh like he's amazing mm-hmm. and um he he got around and according to a uh, so i read this book review on NPR about this book that came out that was called Star Spangled Scandal <laughs> about this case. And uh, it cited Key Poor as- Poor dad, <laughs> just trying to write a song and his son's dragging it and yeah. dude is getting dragged through the mud. And um, Key uh, uh, was cited as saying, I only need 36 hours with any woman to make her do what I please. Ooh! Ooh! I wonder what that, what that entails. Ooh, wow. Probably so. a lot of, um, can, what word should I say? Conalingus? Is that oh, like, it's probably a lot of that. Is maybe. that how you get a woman to do what you want? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'll just make that suggestion. <laughs> I'll make that suggestion. So like I Barton said, Key. everyone thought he was hot. He had um, He's all of a these. Lot of vagina. He had a lot of romantic <laughs> flings. And mm. one of those flings happened to be with Teresa. And remember though, she's married to Daniel Sickles. Uh-oh. And the thing is, Key and Sickles we're friends. No, yes. a girl. Yes. This guy's coming to parties and stuff. Yes. No. And the other thing that is like, this is the thing that is, I think, even worse, according to the NPR article. So, you know, um, Sickles went back to New York a lot. Right. She's, yeah, I was going to say and that. She's home alone in D.C. everybody in D.C., though, knew that they were canoodling. Oh, God. Because it's like all these socialites are gossiping. 
he would go back to New York and the oh, two of them would so be sad. out riding in, in the car no. together, out, like just oh. out together. Like they're not hiding it. Oh, it's, it's messed up. That's fucked. It's yeah. messed up. That's, it's that's messed up. Right. And so he would like show up at the parties and stuff. Like oh, he, like, God. hey, and here I are am. all in the corner like, uh, yeah, what's gonna, what's gonna happen? yes. It's like, see. I mean, wouldn't that be fun though? Yeah, but how dumb is this guy, the husband? He doesn't have any idea this he is happening? He had no clue. Maybe he's, he's in New York doing some, his own business. You oh, well, I mean? he got around too. Yeah. Yeah, okay, on. so how does Sickles find out? Oh, God, no. We are going to take it back to early muck. How does he find out? What? Anonymous letter. Yeah! <laughs> so he comes home from a Tina, New York trip. She loves that anonymous letter. <laughs> he comes home from a New York trip, and oh. there's a letter waiting for him. Who would have written that? That Come tells on. him that Key and his wife are hooking up. Oh, my God. And what a, who, who's this nerd that's knocking on them? It's like, P.S., Key rented a house a couple doors down because that's where they're banging when you're <gasps> out of town. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So he's like, what, what, what? Like, who wrote this? Some Puritan knows? kind like, of person, maybe? Or someone who's just like, you know what? This isn't right, right? Yeah. And yeah. they want to set the record. <laughs> mind your own fucking business. So he goes nuts. Well, I mean, listen, some people can see blind rage and just he murder. He like, nuts. Oh, man. And it's mid 1800s. Uh, dual. Misogyny yeah. is on full display. As as it is so today. this man confronts his wife and is like, Tell me everything. And she confesses. <gasps> he makes her no. write every detail of this affair down oh. in a letter. Oh my God. And I have some quotes from it. This is insane. <laughs> and this is this is uh, and this is I don't know, I feel like he made her write this, but he, um she said, I did what is usual for a wick a wicked woman to do mm, you know yeah. like a, he's a jerk he's trying to add it yeah he's trying to pile but on. here is um from uh women history blog uh had another <laughs> excerpt that i loved mr key has kissed me in this house a number of times i do not deny that we have had a connection in this house in the parlor on the sofa <gasps> <laughs> she's like but the best part is she he makes her sign the letter and then he gets witnesses to sign it to make it an official document because he's a lawyer right Oh, so he wants to he use wants it. He wants to use it. So he's a jerk. But that's not all Sickles does. So she, in this letter, like, confesses that the way that they would hook up is that even when Sickles was home, is they, uh, a key would stand sort of across the street, and he would wave this white handkerchief, and that was oh the sign, like, God. come out, like, let's go. And so... What a geek. Yeah. So Can you imagine just seeing some guy doing this. She in the street? So she tells Sickles that. So Sickles is like, I'm going to wait. wait. <gasps> this is so, I love this story so much. So he, he waits. Oh my God, dude. And he sees. Oh my God. He's at home. You idiot. He sees keys across the street trying to signal and get Teresa's attention with the handkerchief. Oh my God. Sickles rushes out <laughs> and allegedly says, key, you scoundrel. <laughs> you have dishonored my home. You must die whoa chases him down the street middle of the day he shoots him <gasps> shoots him dead like no! right near the white house yeah shoots him like just boom 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 he was unarmed oh and dude. he allegedly responded with don't shoot like no. screaming don't shoot please no this is crazy yes, so he's dead so now we have, he's charged with first degree murder and everybody knows that Sickles did it, right? Oh my he God. He confesses to Come it. Come on, there's no, oh, but he's got this letter. Is that so, letter going to get him well, out of jail? Well, so this is what happens. So he turns himself in and according to the Women History blog, he said, of course I killed him. Mm -hmm. He deserved it. Yeah. Many politicians at the time supported him while he was awaiting trial and his buddy James Buchanan, then president, even sent him a letter of support. Whoa. Yeah. And like, I'm here for you, man. Dude, you know what? That whoever wrote that anonymous letter put set this in motion. Yeah. They're responsible They're for this responsible too. They're responsible for this death. Yes. Stay out of it. So he earns all of this sympathy because he was viewed as like the cuckolded man. Oh, and like, God, you know, dude. back then, like you're dishonored and it's oh, like this shame and all of that. Dude. Even the press was on his side. Oh my gosh. Come so on. an article by Sarah Adler from this class, or this class, this uh, website called A Nursing Cleo. Sarah Adler wrote the article, but a journalist wrote at the time, what calamity, what misery, what ruin and death has not her frivolity and crime brought upon her innocent husband, 
her guilty paramour and her wretched self. Wow. Wow. I love like how they used to write. Yeah, but that's outrageous. But they, it's outrageous. Like it's, it's out all of, of her fault. Basically. Yeah, give me a break. And because it's misogyny, because we like live in the world of patriarchy, um, she's viewed as the villain in all of this. Like everything falls on her back. And Adler cites another newspaper's description of Teresa in the court of public opinion. Quote, her face has figured in police gazettes and lying pictorials along with the lowest uh, malefactors. Her name has been a hissing and a scorn. And if she really have any... And if she really have any womanly sensibility, her punishment must already have been worse than death. Wow. Wow. And this is the interesting part of the story, though. His lawyers use an insanity defense, which was relatively new. It was just being used in England, like back in 1843. Mm-hmm. The person in the England case, though, was like legitimately like mentally ill oh, and clearly man. mentally ill. But the lawyers claimed that at the time of the shooting, yeah. Sickles was insane. Like you said, um, you, you had that you rage, like, had yeah. that rage. Mm-hmm. and they kept using the phrase, quote, uncontrollable frenzy, and that it was a crime of passion, mm-hmm. and that he shouldn't be held accountable for his acts in that moment. And as for his lawyers, he had like the dream team of attorneys. He had eight attorneys. Wow. And he's a DC attorney, and these are all the best attorneys of DC and they're all there for him. This trial was like the OJ, like the OJ yeah. dream team. Wow. And everybody at the time was like, so into this trial, you of know, like course. it was like the trial of yeah. their time. You and know? it's like sex involved. It's like, yes. it has everything. It has everything. So one of the lawyers was a constitutional expert with like great speaking skills. Another was known for his ability to like really tug at the heartstrings of a jury. Mm. And so the way that he would present information, like jurors would cry. So like Dang. he was like really good at that. It's like the seven dwarfs. So the, yeah. So the prosecution. <laughs> Everybody has a good skill. Yes. Good skill they have their good skill. Yeah. So the prosecution's team, they like didn't have the same level. Mm. They didn't have the same caliber of people. And so the trial lasts 20 days. And after only 70 minutes of deliberation, oh, the on. jury returned a verdict of not guilty oh my god i mean that was set up so beautifully though i don't even yeah. think he needed that many lawyers to be I honest mean, with you i mean so the press was helping him every day oh everything Jesus. was so sickles <clears throat> was like actually celebrated as a hero wow for saving women from men like key and from key yeah because if you think about it yeah i mean i don't know how much women how many women were on the side but the men were like you yeah know, we, we don't want this guy that's around. right that's you know he might come after our wives that's right so he did face some backlash, though, because he then publicly forgives his wife. Well, and everyone is Because like, everybody's probably shunning her, right? Well, everyone is like, how can you forgive her? Like, mm. she sucks. And then he said his quote um, regarding that from Women History Blog, I am not aware of any statute or code of morals which makes it infamous to forgive a woman. I can now see in the almost universal denunciation with which she is followed to my threshold the misery and peril from which I have rescued the mother of my daughter. I shall strive to prove to all that an erring wife and mother may be forgiven and redeemed. Oh, thank you, yeah, sir. Yeah, thank you, Sickles. Thank you so much. And she's probably like, meanwhile, God damn it. <laughs> meanwhile, you're the one who, you know, you rescued her from a situation that, yes, did she put herself in it? Yes, yes. but you made it worse. You made it worse. You like, created now everybody the knows. spectacle of it all. And he tried to keep that letter out of the court. Um, because like he, you know, like she wrote all the details, oh but God. like it Did, got, oh it got my details gosh. of it got in and like, it was oh, just dude, so like that, so like added up. to the story. Oh my God. And the trial, the other part of this aftermath is it, this trial set the precedent for murder trials and the use of the temporary insanity defense. And it was the first time in us history oh. that it was ever led to a successful, not guilty verdict in a murder case. Wow. It's wild. Amazing. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, other fun facts. I just have a couple. Um, the other thing that was interesting is that this story occurred at the time of the telegraph, like where they're like, you know, and uh, that's how it got like sort of spread over the U.S. because they were able to like wow. transmit the news quickly. Wow. And then the other like little fun note I found about the telegraph is that people would use it as like an old timey dating app. <gasps> like, you want to fuck up? Isn't that funny? Yes, but you'd have to know that Morse code. Honey, yeah. right? Is that more yes. yeah. 
But well, like Let's I was fuck. like, yes, yes. <laughs> What's Morse code for that? Yeah. <laughs> so another um, thing I found interesting is that Sickles was having a ton of affairs on his own. Yeah, I mean, and he know. never hey, the faced, hypocrisy. Yeah, he never faced Please. the backlash, and he often went to brothels. <gasps> and um, dude, and there was one. I believe there was one um, a sex worker there that he was close to, and. I think, like, even, like, contributed to his campaign. Oh, and, my gosh. You know, but he doesn't face anything about that. Ugh. And she gets trashed for, like, this one affair that she has, you know? It's just, it's not right. No. Well, and um, Double standards. Here's another sort of, uh, like, ending. So they remained married. She ended up, like, dying of tuberculosis, which, mm. like, I feel like everybody died of tuberculosis back then. And um, he went on to the Civil War. He fought for the Union. Wow. Um, but... Uh, some accounts say like he was almost directly responsible for, you know, we won the battle of Gettysburg, but he almost cost uh, that battle because of like his actions. Like he was like a little cuckoo, but, but what happens to him is he ends up getting a medal of honor for his actions. He gets shot in the leg and they have to amputate it. Mm. So he, he, he sends his legs to DC, his leg to an army medical college and every year he would go back and visit the leg, like the what was rem- like the bones and stuff that were left. Isn't that like odd? That is, I can't even. Like he would just go every year on the day that it happened, like in July. What the fuck? Go and visit his his bones. I can't of, even of begin leg. to analyze why somebody yeah. would do something like that. I like that. I like. I saw that as like a side thing, and I was like, wait, what is this? That's the whole story. I don't even yeah. know what the story is anymore. <laughs> I don't even know about any affair. I know he's visiting his leg. He's visiting his leg. That's one sentence that I'm just beyond anything. It's blowing my mind. Why would you do that? I don't know. Like, I I get it. Like, I get it. It's tremendous loss. It's traumatic. Yeah. But why would you want to revisit the situation? And on your anniversary of, I I don't know. But that's what he did. So that's the story of the love triangle gone awry and the murder of Philip Barton Key. Amazing. It was such a fun story. I had so much fun doing this story because I was like, what? What? What?" Wow. It's incredible. Hey, you there. We've got a question for you. Are you tired of clickbait stories and the loudest voices driving discussions in culture and entertainment? If so, I'm Dylan. I'm Kendall. And I'm Corey. And we host the podcast From the Middle. We're middle-class guys living in the middle of America, in the middle chapters of our lives with points of view somewhere in the middle. We take a more reasonable and centrist approach in our discussions covering genres like comedy, culture, entertainment, and interviews with really interesting folks like business owners, comic creators, doctors, news anchors, New York Times best-selling illustrators, professional stand-up comics, and more. We really value a relaxed and conversational podcast, one that we hope is so fun and laid back, you'll forget you're not actually hanging out with us. So search at from the mid pod just like it sounds or check us out everywhere you can find podcasts all right are you ready yes my dear i am i'm covering judge samuel b kent oh yeah so you said you were searching through the yeah. art because we keep a list of everybody we've covered and i'm like i, I, I kept just, going like control just, five, we've done so control much, five yeah control five and we've done so many judges that i you never know yeah okay so tiny bit and we're jumping in because there's it's not that there's a lot of the story because there isn't but to me the most interesting thing about this was this impeachment part at the end I thought that was really uh, interesting um not so much his behavior because that's how fucking dudes roll so all right born in Denver Colorado Kent graduated from the University of Texas at Austin and the University of Texas School of Law with a Bachelor of Arts degree in English in 1971 and his law degree in 1975 Prior to his appointment on the federal bench, Kent was a partner with the law firm Royston, Razor, and et cetera. We don't (laughs) need to get in all that. Um, He served in the single judge Galveston division covering Brazoria, Chambers, Galveston, and Matagorda counties. So he's appointed uh, uh, by George W. Bush because he's a member of the Republican Party, George H.W. Bush, on August 3rd, 1990, to the seat in the federal court. Oh, okay. And he's confirmed by the U.S. Senate on September 28th, 1990, and received his commission on August 1st, 1990. So he's the only federal judge in this county. Oh, okay. Right? So, or for these counties. he But in this district, just one. Which kind of isn't a good idea. 
Yeah. Especially someone like this who starts to think that they're Uh-oh. like bigger than everything else. Oh, here we and, go. You know what I mean? Everything's got to roll through him and oh. it's just not okay. Because he's the one guy. And I, and I also think it's very interesting because we talked about Trump. We've talked about Trump putting a lot of people on the federal bench, but like it's almost Supreme Court like where yeah. you have to get to get them off the bench if they do something scandalous. It's really fucking hard. And uh, you have to end up going through an impeachment process in the like and the articles they, of impeachment go to the the, the U S house and they send it to the Senate for a trial. And so it's like, it's is, a lot of a work. Is a federal seat a lifetime seat too? Or I was or trying to think termed? that I think there's a, you can, you, ha, you can, um, I think the retirement age I get to it is like 65, um, where they can walk off the bench. But I, and I think that or they there's can a, walk, but there's not like you have to leave. No, I think there might be a cap age, like by 78, maybe. So or what is have, it like 80? Why don't we have, 80 is too old. Yeah. I think there's a cap. I mean, we changed, I know Florida has a cap on judges. Yeah. I mean, 70, can we stop everything at 70? Yeah. Cause you can, and can I'm re- not trying to be, they make ageist. good money. You can retire I'm, and, and I'm not trying to no, be no, no, ageist, no, 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 you know, but it's enough. And, and it, you it, don't need people on the bench that long. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. No. And, and I, because progress happens, progressive minds happen, yeah, things, people change. view cases differently. You can't have these old motherfuckers sitting there. <laughs> We're um, not ageist. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I mean, there's just, listen, why, well, I also wouldn't want a 20 year old sitting on the federal bench. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? You've got to have We're some ageist sort of both ways. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I flip the coin. I'm on, I'm on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> but you know who had the the impeachment trial was um Alcee Hastings so same yes. kind of thing where yes. he in court he was found innocent right but they still said we're taking you off the bench right right so same thing I covered Alcee Hastings rest in peace so um in on in August of 2007 so he's been on the bench 17 years uh, Chief Judge uh, Hayden Head of the Southern District of Texas issued an order indicating that Kent would not be hearing cases between September 1st, 2007 and January 1st, 2008. And during his four-month leave of absence, he continued to draw his annual salary. But he what? did not perform judicial work. And with his cases instead being allocated to other judges, thanks a lot, right? Kent was then transferred to the Houston Division of the Southern District of Texas in 2008. So like well, a year later. So but, there's this, so there's a, a, a complaint from an employee and then they're like, all right, while we're investigating this, you have to step off the bench for four months while we're okay. doing this investigation, but he's getting paid the whole time. Yeah. Fucked up, especially and no, considering. And now these, these, these cases are piling up because no, no one else can the take cases them. then go to other judges. They give oh, them but to in other, other districts that are. Yes. Oh yeah. A lot and, of people had to move around. Uh, they brought a Florida judge in to, to to reside over his fucking trial because they couldn't bring, put a Texas judge on oh, it. Like they were. Yeah. Okay, so here's the charges. And trigger warning, uh, there's oh, no. sexual, um, you know, harassment uh, and things like that. Unwanted touching. So <clears throat> on December 20th, 2007, the Fifth Circuit uh, issued an order indicating that there was an ongoing Department of Justice criminal investigation into the allegations underlying a complaint to the judicial council regarding Kent. Um, on So all of this, it's just the time where things get stretched out in this case, like how long it takes to investigate and when they finally like charge him with things. It's almost a year, you know? On August 28th, 2008, Kent was finally indicted in federal court on three counts of abusive sexual conduct and attempted aggravated sexual abuse <gasps> stemming from the same alleged conduct, conduct that was the basis of that 2007 um, misconduct and, and, complaint. And, and this is someone that worked with him? Yes, or, it was okay. someone who worked very closely with him. And she makes this allegation. They do the investigation. He lies to the grand jury in that case. Okay. Um, and then they keep investigating. A second person comes forward. And then they finally have enough to finally. indict him. I am so sick of this finally. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, so it, it's. Takes too long. And again, this is just what we talked about last week. Why do you, why does this take so long? Yeah. And that, and those statistics have still been like sticking in my head. Of, mm. And it's. The 3% and the 0. 0.2, 0.8%. It, it, uh, 5% and 2.8%. And it's just, I don't, I don't get it. And, and here you have another example where. It's not enough. Yeah. The one person is not enough that it takes a second person coming out yeah. to continue to pu- push things forward. And I understand like that he said, she, like I get it. But at the same time, like how many times do we have to see this? And his lawyer was such a piece of shit. The things his lawyer said was so fucked up. 
about like the victim about blaming, the victim. gaslighting, like so fucked. I mean, which I, mean, again, I know it's, it's two thousand seven, but yeah, Jesus. but which again, why would anyone want to come forward and yeah. go through that? Oh, these these two women are fucking incredible. They go around and do speeches at <gasps> women's colleges and say like, "Here's the things that like." They are Can we incredible. get them on the podcast? Oh, I would love it. I would love it. I'm I'm impressed by these. Okay, well, let me tell you about okay. what the complaints were. So the alleged victim identified only as person A in the indictment worked as a deputy court clerk assigned to Kent's court. A complaint against Kent filed with a judicial review panel in May 2007 identifies the woman as Kathy McBroom, which she's already come out, and so did the other one, so we know their, their names. Okay. Um, during an alleged incident in March 2007, Kent, quote, attempted to cause person A to engage in contact, contact between person A's mouth and the defendant Kent's penis by forcing person A's mouth and defendant <gasps> Kent's penis by forcing, oh, sorry, by forcing person A's head toward defendant Kent's groin oh, area. Oh, So he was doing I this. Hate, I, I His employee, hate men. the person working for him. According to her interview in the Texas Monthly, she said regarding the first incident that happened a year into the job, uh, when showing he he comes okay, this is this is the part about it that really fucking pisses me off, and how you know, like this is a perfect example of like women's you're they're, they're constantly being fucked with, right? Yeah. So this woman gets this job as this deputy clerk, and she's working for this only federal judge in this area. She's she was in this article talking about how much she loved. her her job and she would sit in the courtroom and she Ugh. would help him with like he'd walk and in now, and people would and, stand up and, and now and he, people looked at him with such you know revere and like he's this great guy he was so good to her he liked her wife uh, he, you know she liked his wife like such a great guy a year into the job he comes back from a long lunch and he's drunk and he says to her so nothing has happened in this year right and he says to her like oh i heard that they put a gym a new gym um on the this floor like for the people okay. who work there and he's like will you show it to me and she's like great so then she says this is what happens there quote it was it was barely 10 feet from the command center where the security officers worked that's where the gym was and she quickly led led the way in suddenly before she could utter a cry the judge grabbed her <gasps> holding her head with one hand uh. and lifting her up to crush her <gasps> mouth against his uh. with his other hand he yanked up her blouse and bra then tried to force his way into her skirt, tearing at her pantyhose. My God. Somehow Kathy broke away and backed across the room, so panicked she could hardly speak. Oh my this is a man God. she revered and, and respected, attacking her. She said, Judge, what are you doing? Like still giving him that respect of oh, saying judge, oh, right? that gave me goosebumps. She finally gasped, but he kept coming, oh grabbing at her God. again, forcing her tongue like, down her, uh, his, his tongue down her throat. Leave her alone. His breath smelling of cigars and alcohol. Um, Kathy said um, some occurred within earshots of security guards, like when these things would happen, but, he, but she believed no one would help because of Kent's power in the courthouse. Like people could hear these things happening in the rooms when she's like saying no, 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 or whatever, and nobody did anything. Um... She oh said, quote, God. I even said, judge, the guards are right outside. I know they can hear us. She recalled about one incident. And he said, quote, I don't care who hears us. He wasn't afraid. She said he wasn't afraid of that at all. And that made me more frightened. Of I course. guess he thought he was more powerful enough that no one would come to help me. And he was right. And oh, my God. Additionally, the court documents alleged that Kent, quote, did knowingly engage in sexual contact with another person without that other person's permission by inappropriately touching the alleged victim, quote, with an intent to abuse humiliate harass and degrade her during the march 2007 incident and another one in august 20 or 2003 so that this other person but that person's name is donna wilkerson and she worked as his personal secretary for seven years and so i want to say this too the kathy mcbroom who was working for him a, yeah. a year into this thing this thing happens in the gym that was on a friday she comes to work on monday and he's like can you, you know I, I need to talk to you so she goes into his office and he's like I'm just, listen, I don't know how you feel about Friday, but I'm so sorry. I was like, it'll never happen this. again. Yeah. You, you know, it's, it, I can't help it. You're so beautiful. And so, he apologizes and she's like, all right. Like he's a nice, you know, I know this guy, like this is yeah. fucked. And he, and then a few months would go by and then he would do it again. And then, a, and then he would apologize. And then like six more months would go by and he'd be a perfect gentleman. Then <sighs> it would happen again. So this is, she's working from all these years. It's not, you know what I mean? No, so no, no. She was, he, it's like a fucking with her. I, so, so I had, uh, and I, I don't know if I told this, story. I feel like I've told so many s s 
yeah. horrific stories on right. this podcast, but I was working, it was, um, my, my first, um, teaching job mm-hmm. and, um, the person who was like the CEO or whatever of this place, um, like the head guy, um, there was like an event and he was drunk at that event mm. and very touchy. And then he uh, called my phone and the things that he said on that phone, it was so explicit and it was so like, like I, a message or to you, he called and then like I hung up the phone and then left the message. Oh my God. And the next day the school secretary <gasps> called me to apologize for him. And that, you know, he just, he just likes to drink at these events and da, 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 da. And then I think Damn. I have told like later that this was the same person who like, you know, um, in the hallway had said, and there was nobody around that he was going to put me over his knee and spank me. Oh my God. Who, um, you know, and it was just thing after thing. And it just, you know, and I eventually left, but at the time, you know, I, this is where I was working. You're just trying I to had, teach. I'm tr- but I'm trying to like, I, I couldn't just like leave the job. You, no. you can't just leave in the middle of the year and you get another job. Like, you know, so there was all these things that, oh my God. And I think I said this too, like that he told me that um, uh, I would make a nice ornament that, that cause like they needed us to cover something in the front. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll sit and answer the phones or whatever, like during my, my planning. And he was like, oh, you'd make a nice ornament. Like, it, you know, like it's constant it, it, fucking bullshit all of the time, all of the time at any event, always, always How do you even have the fucking nerve to say shit like this to people. Well, the, when he said he was going to take me over his knee, That's I was what like, I mean, I mean, like, who are you? Who like, do you think I you're talking like, to? Like, I was like, I, I just like walked into you're like, a human fucking being. I walked into like the nearest classroom was like, I got to go talk to so-and-so. It's like, so fucking weird. Feel, and then like, who do I tell? Oh, please. You know what I mean? Like, this is the head care. person. Yeah. Who, I go to someone and then he says, oh, I didn't say that. Like, what evidence do I have that he even said that? Well, you know, imagine this if this is a judge yeah. and the only federal judge who walks around like thinking he's uh, all that, right? So the personal secretary, Donna Wilkerson, I'm so sorry that happened to you, uh, by the way. I know it wasn't the only job that you were harassed <laughs> on either, which is no. so, it's so fucked up. Um, so she said the first incident occurred on her fifth day on the job. So this was different for this other woman. Um, when Kent pinned fifth her- Fifth day? Yeah. He pinned her against <gasps> his office door and kissed her on the mouth. Ew! Similar incidents, many of them much worse, occurred once or twice a month over the ensuing five plus years, Wilkerson, Wilkerson said. Um, it usually happened when Kent returned from long drunken lunches with, when his language would turn vulgar and racist and included inappropriate touching and groping um, outside and inside the clothes and putting her hand on his crotch she said wait by the way long drunken lunches like yeah. doesn't he have to serve an, in court like how are you getting drunk every day i don't know such a fucking these pig. jobs these wilkerson, people have wilkerson told the committee that kent often referred to himself as an all-powerful figure calling himself the emperor of galveston uh. Oh God! Please, let's name this the Emperor of Galveston. Yes. Okay. Done. The lion. He called himself the Lion King. Oh my! What? And the man wearing the horned hat. I don't know what that is. A Viking, some like sort a Viking. of Viking. Both women quoted Kent as frequently saying, "Quote, I am the government." End quote. I like that title. Yeah, that's good. All right, we'll call it "I am the government." So. He was uh, he was the first. What does ch- this guy look like? Oh, honey, you know, guess. Not yes. not attractive. No, I mean, Ugh. but imagine what a only federal judge in this county slob. Yeah, he's a slob. old white. Ugh. You know, no pudgy. Yeah, a little bloated, a little bloated. He's drinking out of his lunches away. Yeah, he's got that alcoholic bloat. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's he's got a reddish kind of yeah. face. You know, he was the first federal judge to be charged with federal sex crimes. Kent's attorney, this motherfucker, Dick DeGuerin. Oh, Dick yeah. is appropriate. <laughs> He said, quote, the first time she, he's talking about Kathy McBroom, the woman in the gym, that, that is scenario. The first time she ever complained was when she was about to be fired. Then she successfully avoided getting fired by making this outrageous claims that are not true. We will contest it and we will go to trial, end quote. Okay, so. But this is before the second victim had come out, right? Yeah. That's, that's, this is right after Kathy had, had, had enough fucking courage to do this. But 
the second and one comes out, and he's and like, "Oops, too, I'm fucked." She likes her job, right? It's and so, so it was heartbreaking and, to and read that. for her to have to like. Why does she have to quit her job yeah. and quit being in a field that she loves and in this environment? By the if way, this is what she enjoys. Like she's got to go somewhere else because he can't control himself. She, and she had it's to not report right. it. And she had to report it to like multiple different places because the first place they went to, they didn't take this seriously. They did not listen to her because of it was who did it was. Did she go to HR? Like, or, uh, yes, or, that's who she went to first. And said, this is thing, this is something this is that's happening. And they ignored it. And seven yeah, and eight. They ignored they're, it. They're, they're, they're I'm almost positive that there were sexual harassment like laws on the books at yeah, that time. Yeah, 2007? Yeah. Okay. On January 6, 2009, the federal grand jury that indicted him added three additional counts for aggravated sexual abuse, abusive sexual contact, and obstruction of justice when he because he lied to that grand jury. But he, they, these are the added charges because of Donna Wilkerson. On February 23, 2009, the day on which jury selection was to begin, Kent pleaded guilty <gasps> to one count of obstru obstru obstruction of justice and agreed to retire as a judge. Oh, you know what? Although it was unclear whether he would be permitted to retire rather than resign. But um, then he gets sent. Well, he wants to retire because he wants he to wants keep that, that pension. Money. That's right. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'll plead guilty and retire. <laughs> Does he get Again, to keep it's like a triple marker. We see you. We Wait, see what you're doing. No, bitch, oh, please. Oh, so God. he was sentenced on May 11th, 2009. Although Kent was purported to retire, the minimum age at which a federal judge may retire with a pension is generally age 65. He was 59. Oh. So that's not happening. An exception allowing for early retirement is available where the judge seeking to retire certifies to the president of the United States, by the way. Like this, wow. these are federal judges. Yeah, like that's that he the next is, step quote, permanently disabled from performing duties. So that's the other way he can retire oh, early. Well, I mean, yeah, that's if something right. happens. So supplying a certif certification to that effect issued by the chief judge of the circuit. So like he'd have to go to a doctor, a doctor well, would have to go to the judge. Okay. Get, yeah, right? he's perfectly but, healthy. Right. He's just a jerk. Yeah, however, in May 2009, the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit, in an opinion written by Chief Judge Edith Jones... Hey, bitch, hey. Denied Kent's disability status and he, wait, instead he recommended tried, his he tried impeachment. To apply, uh, yes. He tried to apply for disability? Yes. <laughs> what? Yeah. I thought, that, I thought that he was like, oh, I can't do but this. But you don't and, meet and, these standards. There's nothing wrong with you. <gasps> wow. But he was still going to uh, continue to draw his salary until he was out, which was in June of 2009, wow. like a month later. So had he not resigned, he wouldn't have he would have been paid until convicted by the Senate in his impeachment trials, which means it could be years. He's still getting money, and from he's us. probably getting good money too Dude. as a federal judge. The requirement of Article Three that federal judges quote shall at stated times receive for their services a compensation which shall not be diminished during their continuance in office may preclude uh, preclude uh, um, action against his salary bearing barring impeachment. So okay. he'd still get it unless he was impeached, right? Okay, so sentencing. Kent pleads guilty in February 2009 to obstruction of justice for lying to the Judicial Committee investigating the allegation in the first place. He was uh, also acknowledged that he had non-consensual sexual <gasps> contact with two female employees Ooh. between 2003 and 2007. So he's got to put it out there. He was sentenced on May 11, 2009 to serve 33 months in federal prison on the charge of obstructing the just, uh, justice in the investigation and... Uh, the I'm surprised abuse. he even got that much. I'm the obstruction shocked. of justice charge carried a maximum punishment of 20 years. He only got 33 months for this. Oh, so it was like more for that obstruction than the yes. assault. Yeah, of course. In pronouncing <laughs> At sentence, least they tried to get something though. You know yeah, what I mean? That's true. In pronouncing sentence over Kent, visiting judge Roger Vinson stated, quote, your wrongful conduct is a huge black X, a stain on the judicial system itself, a matter of concern in the federal courts, mm -hmm. end quote. As part of a plea agreement, Kent admitted that the sexual content, like I said, was non-consensual. Hold on, don't explode. He had to pay a $1,000 fine and a total of $6,550 in restitution to the two victims. They had to split that $6,000. Now, I don't, I don't think they go after him like in a civil case, but they should, but maybe they Ugh. did, but I don't know, and I should have known that. I'm sorry, but uh, wow. that's all that was listed. Yeah. Wow. So a little bit about the impeachment. I, I hate everything. I know. So, but you, like he gets sentenced, he's found guilty, but that he's still in this balance of like, 
um, he's not, he's not on the bench. He's not, he can't retire. Like, you know, so the, cause the judge is like, fuck you. You're not disabled. You can't retire. And she recommends impeachment, which then goes to the house, right? The house, um, but the then house. that's, that's a whole so now this has to start, right? So now he has to be impeached to just to, so he can just, they can stop, stop the, the benefits, money. stop the money, stop the comment. The motherfucker's in jail, right? Like yeah. it's time. Okay. So on May 12th, 2009, soon after Kent was wow, sentenced this to is those years, yeah, sentenced soon after he was sentenced to the 33 months in prison, representative John Conyers Jr. And who I covered on the podcast mm-hmm. and for also, who also had sexual, mm-hmm. uh, I, this, this is great. <laughs> who's probably doing it at the time. Uh, yeah. This is fucking yeah. Happening. Like um, it's just, it, ca- it's incredible. Calling the kettle black james uh sensen brenner introduced separate resolutions uh house resolution 424 and house resolution 431 which were referred to house judiciary committee which two days later voted to begin impeachment proceedings as a reaction to kent's refusal to resign this guy because he, he wants that money yeah he wants to hold he's on to roll that the money dice and he's yeah roll the dice and why not yeah right i mean why not maybe he'll get it but but, the, but 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 also remember Obama's in office. It's two thousand nine. He just got elected, yeah. and, and we have a super majority in the fucking yeah. house in the Senate. So the thing that that's interesting to me when when you mention Conyers, and I wonder when you know because these things we we've covered so many of these mm-hmm. like sexual allegations and sexual assaults that have happened, and there is has been overlap where other people are yeah. doing there, and I wonder <laughs> when they're sitting there, yes. going. Oh God! I hope this doesn't happen to me. Like, what are they I, thinking I at think the that time? People, I think people, or are they just yeah. like that guy's an asshole because he got caught? Like, what is it? Like, because yeah. I would imagine, like, because I am such a nervous, I would be like, oh my god, oh my god, yeah, oh my god, is somebody coming after yeah. me? Like, I yeah. would be freaking out. Well, I think that there's, there's an arrogance. It's wild. To, like, even even they think that, that what they're like doing involved. isn't. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. That that Conyers used to people. He call people into his office and he's in uh, his underwear. I, Remember, he'd be in his underwear. John, it's Johnson, Johnson did that too. Yeah, president. He's grabbing he was women. on the shitter. Like yeah. <laughs> he's doing fucking <laughs> nuclear <laughs> war plans, and, and he's on the toilet. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking insane. Uh, okay, what are we doing I in this know. country? What are we doing, uh, girl? Can we put women in charge of everything? Please, please. Uh, please. On June second, two thousand nine, Judge Kent submitted his resignation. Finally. To President Obama in an unsuccessful attempt to avoid hearings in Congress. Wow. <laughs> the resignation- oh, they're like, we're not taking it. This is my favorite part of the story is how he's scrambling <laughs> in jail. He's like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> the resignation, had it not been precluded by removal from office, would have been effected as of June 1st, 2010. A whole Jeez. year, like, another year of money. Chaired by Representative Adam Schiff, the hearings featured testimony from the accusers, Kathy McBroom and Donna, Donna Wilkerson. Go watch I these. Mean. They're fucking incredible. Kent and his lawyer, Dick DeGuerin, <laughs> refused to attend, calling it a circus. Oh, God. I'm sure, I'm sure it was. On June 9th, the task force unanimously voted to report four articles to the full House Judiciary Committee. The next day, the Judiciary Committee voted unanimously to send them to the full House. So all four articles of impeachment were passed by the House of Representatives, three unanimously Wow. And one having only a single member, Mel Watt, uh, who was a Democrat, voting present. I don't know what his deal was with that. After the articles were improved, representatives Adam Schiff, Zoe Lofgren, Hank Johnson, Bob Goodlett, and Jim Sensenbrenner uh, were appointed as managers to conduct the trial in the Senate with Schiff and Goodlett, Goodlatt uh, being designated as lead managers. The articles of impeachment were sent to the Senate where the proceedings started on June 24th. On that day, senators passed two resolutions, one providing for a summons for Kent to answer the articles against him Ooh. and the other providing for a committee to analyze the evidence against him and report their findings to the full Senate. On June 25th, when Senate officials traveled to the prison facility where Kent was confined to serve him with the formal <gasps> summons to the impeachment trial, he presented them with a new resignation no. letter effective on June 30th. So now he's like, all right, I'll yeah, leave earlier. Like, like please, mercy, help mercy, me, white help flag. Me. <laughs> <laughs> the development was reported to the Senate, which directed that copies of Kent's letters be sent to President Obama and the House of Representatives. On June 30th, President Obama accepted his resignation, and on Ju- July 20th, the House of Representatives passed a resolution asking the Senate to end the impeachment trial against Kent, and the Senate agreed on July 22nd. Great. Okay, I just want to know about this pension. Yeah, he's no, resigned. he gets no. He's out. That's it. He gets oh. nothing. Oh, he doesn't even get like no, partial because impeachment. You lose everything. Ooh, you lose everything. God, that sucks. Yeah. Well, maybe you should not. No, try no, to I'm glad. I'm glad. Dick. But it's like, you know? wow, get the fuck you know, out. Like your whole life, like, 
sketch, please. Um, okay, so a little, just this is the last little bit. He's in prison, right? So on June 15th, 2009, Kent reported to the Federal Medical Center Devons in Devons, Massachusetts to begin Medical his sentence. Center. In November 2009, he was moved to a Florida state prison, Demily CI. I don't know. I've never heard of that. A faith-based education program where he taught GED classes. Once- so, so wait, he goes to a medical center. So basically he, he concocted or maybe he did have some sort of illness. So he can't be in like jail. Oh, he's jail. ill. Oh, he's and, ill. So, but he's in, you know, because that's, yeah, you're, it's you're, low, you're, it's yeah. low security. Please, you're in the medical center. Like nothing's happening yeah, to you there. Please. And then you're going to get shipped off somewhere else where you're teaching classes. This is bullshit. So yeah. he didn't even have jail. Right. Once the inmates found out who he was, he was placed in administrative segregation. His fellow. Um, that's not fair either. No, well, well, like wait. I get it, I get it. Like, like, oh, your life might be in danger, but again, like, you made the decisions that you did, and there are other people in jail who get the shit kicked out of yeah. them all of the time right. that don't get to be separated. Right. Like, why do you get to? Sucks. His it's fellow, not right. It's like fellow, you still get privilege. Yeah. Well, listen, he is privileged. He's still fucking living the life, dude. His fellow um, ITAs, which are inmate teacher assistants, pled to the warden and other administrators to release him from confinement and return him to his teaching duties because he ha- he was a wealth of information and would find his classes full of inmates learning history. So, like, he's, you know, he's a well-respected teacher in prison. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. No, bro. He, I'm not. The warden spoke with the U.S. Marshals and informed them that he was a key part of the success of Demoly CI and, had, what? and that these, these these inmates had in obtaining their can GEDs. They zoom, can they do a Zoom? Can yeah. they Zoom with him instead? And so then know. he was placed back in open population after that. And he was fine. Nothing happened to him. Um, you know, maybe someone should push him up against the door and try to force their tongue down yeah. his throat. That would have been a good punishment. Man. In July 2011, Kent was released on furlough to attend his daughter's wedding. Oh, it's like after uh, which he uh, served. Uh, 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 yeah, Johnny, Johnny Sack. Sack. It's Johnny Sack. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> the for Sopranos, honey. After oh, that, when he tries to leave oh. that wedding, it's so fucking sad. It's, and he was crying, and then oh, that, that's the mom. When, yeah. I love when the mom. When, and then, but then when he's crying, and um, that's when what's his name is like. What? That's the, it. Look at this. That's yeah, it. the New York guy's like, yeah. oh, he's out. Yeah, he's like <laughs> loses all respect for him. Was, what Philly, is he crying? Philly Atardi. He's such a jerk. Isn't he like the biggest jerk he, in that listen, whole show? He's the most frustrating character at the end of the season. Oh of that my show, god! Where I'm just like, please, can you stop your bullshit? Yeah. Stop. But his brother was. Come on, his brother was killed. He loved that brother. Yeah. All right, back from the Soprano stock. Sorry, back to this podcast. <laughs> in June, uh, so he goes to his daughter's wedding, and after which he served out the remainder of his sentence, confined to confined to his home in West Texas. His sentence was completed on November fourth, two thousand eleven. And what about the wife? I'm sure she stayed by him. Um, yeah, I got pictures of her coming out of the courthouse with him where he's saying that he's innocent. It's fucking wild. And then he, and then of course, months later, he's admitting to it. Like his lawyer must have advised him and said, listen, these are yeah, like your airtight yeah. cases. And they probably had, maybe there were security guards who finally were like, yes, we heard, I heard this. Yeah. You know, so you're in trouble. Uh, what a jerk. I know. I mean. But it really pisses me off. Like, I'm happy that he got the jail time, but it really feels like he didn't get jail time. Like he got the easiest sentence that somebody could get yeah and 33 months it seems like he didn't yeah fulfill all of that like he's there teaching ged classes and yeah i get like it's a facility but i wonder what that facility is and i wonder like what level of criminals are that you know what i mean like yeah. he's not it doesn't feel like he got the punishment that he should get right and, it's, and i don't and i i just don't like that that these people and i again i understand it but it's like the celebrities yeah and whatnot who they still get this special treatment and it's like no you commit a crime oh well yeah you have to face that and if that's what happens to you then you shouldn't have been committing a crime right like i don't think people should be harmed but at the same time like why do other prisoners have to face violence and other things and you get off right you know i think it must have to do i mean it's more like what happens in the prison they're held accountable for right so right. If this guy's got a threat against him and then he gets shanked then, or something yeah they have then to it's pre- like and then they're now they're fucking, they liable. didn't prevent this right because right. everybody sues so right. all right well, well listen i i want to say also that um we had a really great odd pods meeting this week and i want to yes i i don't know if y'all are aware but we're on a, a podcast network yes and it's called odd pods and there are uh, I believe right now seven other podcasts that are on there with us that are all incredible and you should really go and check them out and go to their website. We have a blog post up there that's really funny and uh, 
<laughs> and uh, shout out to them. We're going to meet Lauren and Russ, but at the end of the yes. month, they're coming down here. They, they live in uh, Northern Florida yeah. and they're going to come down there for Lauren's birthday and we get to meet her, which is very exciting. That'll be We're exciting. Very and Russ, of course. Yes. And, and I think I might be on um, Beard Owl. Yeah. She's going to, she's gonna, Tina's going to take her son to see Weird Al. Yes. And so she's going to report back to Lauren <laughs> I'm gonna at report, Al. I'm going to report back. I'm going to report back. Yeah. So go check it out. Go follow all of those podcasts and check them out. Maybe there's something in there that you will enjoy. <gasps> yes. And, uh, and that's it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please go to our website, www.themuckpodcast.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast and on our Twitter at Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support with exclusive content, Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do this without you.